हेलो फ्रेंड्स दिस इज अ न्यू एपिसोड ऑफ वर्षा स्टेक एंड इट्स सिंपल टुडे आई एम गोइंग टू रीड टू यू चैप्टर 17 फ्रॉम द बुक द साइकोलॉजी ऑफ मनी द सिडक्शन ऑफ पेसिमिज्म ऑप्टिमिज्म साउंड्स लाइक अ सेल्स पिच pessimism sounds like someone trying to help you for reasons i have never understood people like to hear that the world is going to hell historian derdre mcloskey optimism is the best bet for most people because the world tends to get better for most people most of the time but pessimism holds a special place in our hearts pessimism isn't just more common than optimism it also sounds smarter it's intellectually captivating and it's paid more attention than optimism which is often viewed as being oblivious to risk Before we go further we should define what optimism is real optimists don't believe that everything will be great that's complacency optimism is a belief that the odds of a good outcome are in your favor over time even when there will be setbacks along the way The simple idea that most people wake up in the morning trying to make things a little better and more productive than wake up looking to cause trouble is the foundation of optimism. It's not complicated. It's not guaranteed either. It's just the most reasonable bet for most people most of the time. The late statist- statistician Hans Rosling put it differently I am not an optimist I am a very serious possibilist Now we can discuss optimism's more compelling sibling pessimism December 29th 2008 The worst year for the economy in modern history is about the cl- to close Stock markets around the world had had collapsed The global financial system was on day-to-day life support. Unemployment was surging. As things looked like they couldn't get worse, the Wall Street Journal published a story arguing that we hadn't seen anything yet. It ran a front-page article on the outlook of a Russian professor named Igor Panarin. Panarin whose economic views rival the flair of science fiction writers the journal wrote around the end of june 2010 or early july panarin says the us will break into six pieces with alaska reverting to russian control california will form the nucleus of what he calls the californian republic and will be part of china or under china influence chinese influence texas will be the heart of the texas republic a cluster of states that will go to mexico or fall under mexican influence washington dc 
and New York will be part of an Atlantic America that may join the European Union. Canada will grab a group of northern states, Professor Panarin calls the Central North America Republic, uh, American Republic. Hawaii, he suggests, will be protectorate of Japan or China and Alaska will be subsumed into Russia. This was not the ramblings of a backroom blog or tinfoil hat newsletter. This was on the front page of the most prestigious financial newspaper in the world. It is fine to be pet- pessimist about the economy. It's even okay to be apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. History is full of examples of his countries experiencing not just recessions but disintegrations. The interesting thing about Panarin type stories is that their polar opposite uh, forecasts of outrageous optimism are rarely taken as seriously as prophets of doom. Take Japan in the late 1940s, the nation was gutted by defeat from World War II in every way, economically, industrially, culturally, socially. A brutal winter in 1946 caused a famine that limited food to less than 800 calories per person per day. Imagine if a Japanese academic has had written a newspaper article during this time that said, Chin up, everyone. Within our lifetime, our economy will grow to almost 15 times the size it was before the end of the war. Our life expectancy will nearly double. Our stock market will produce returns like any country in history has rarely seen. We will go more than 40 years without ever seeing unemployment top 6%. We will become a world leader in electronic innovation and corporate managerial, managerial systems. Before long, we will be so rich that we will own some of the most prized real estate in the United States. Americans, by the way, will be our closest ally and will try to copy our economic insights. They would have been summarily summarily laughed out of the room and asked to seek a medical evaluation. Keep in mind the description above is what actually happened in Japan in the generation after the war. But the mirror opposite of Panarin looks absurd in a way of a forecast of doom doesn't. Pessimism just sounds smarter and more plausible than optimism. Tell someone that everything will be great and they'll likely to either shrug you off or offer a skeptical eye. Tell someone they are in danger and you have their undivided attention. If a smart person tells me they have a stock pick that's going to rise to tenfold in the next year, I will immediately write them off as 
full of nonsense. If someone who's full of nonsense tells me that a stock I own is about to collapse because it's an accounting fraud, I will clear my calendar and listen to their every word. Say we'll have a big recession and newspapers will call you. Say we are headed for average growth and no one particularly cares. Say we are nearing the next great depression and you'll get on TV. But mention that good times are ahead or market has room to run so that a company or that a company has used huge potential and a common reaction from commentators and spectators alike is that you are either a salesman or comically aloof of risks the investing newsletter industry has known this for years and is now populated by prophets of doom despite operating in an environment where the stock market has gone up 17000 fold in the last century including dividends this is true beyond finance matt ridley wrote in his book the rational optimist a constant drumbeat of pessimism usually drowns out any triumphalist song if you say the world has been getting better you may get away with being called naive and insensitive if you say the world is going to go on getting better you are considered embarrassingly mad if on the other hand you say catastrophe is imminent you may expect a mac arthur genius award or even the nobel peace prize in my own adult lifetime the fashionable reasons for pessimism changed but the pessimism was constant every group of people i ask thinks the world is more frightening more violent and more hopeless in short more dramatic than it really is hans rosling wrote in his book factfulness when you realize how much progress humans can make during a lifetime in everything from economic growth to medical breakthrough to stock market gains to social equality you would think optimism would gain more attention than pessimism and yet The intellectual allure of pessimism has been known for ages. John Stuart Mill wrote in the 1840s, I have observed that not the man who hopes when others despair, but the man who despairs when others hope is admired a large class of persons as a sage. The question is why and how does it impact how we think about money so friends we end this part here i will read this particular chapter chapter 17 in three parts so i'll come back with my second part of chapter 17 uh, bye till then and thank you for listening Hello friends welcome back to Varsha's take and it's simple so i'm going to continue with chapter 17 from the psychology of money the seduction of pessimism
Let's repeat the premise that no one is crazy. There are valid reasons why pessimism is seductive when dealing with money. It just helps to know what they are to ensure we don't take them too far. Part of it is instinctual and unavoidable. Kahneman says the asymmetric aversion to loss is an evolutionary shield he writes when directly compared or weighted against each other losses loom larger than gains this asymmetry between the power of positive and negative expectations or experiences has an evolutionary history organisms that treat threats as more urgent than opportunities have a better chance to survive and reproduce but a few other things make financial pessimism easy common and more persuasive than optimism one is that money is ubiquitous ubiquitous tears so something bad happening tends to affect everyone and captures everyone's attention that isn't true of say weather a hurricane barreling down on florida poses on direct risk to 92% of americans but a recession barreling down on the economy could impact every single person including you so pay attention this goes for something as specific as the stock market more than half of all american households directly own stocks even among those that don't the stock market's gyrations are promoted so heavily in the media that the dow jones industrial average might be the stockless households most watched economic barometer stocks rising 1% might be briefly mentioned in the evening news but a 1% fall will be reported in bold all caps letters usually written in blood red the asymmetry is hard to avoid and while few question or try to explain why the market went up isn't it supposed to go up there is almost always an attempt to explain why it went down are investors worried about economic growth did the fed fed screw things up again are politicians making bad decisions is there another shoe to drop narratives about why a decline occurred make them easier to talk about worry about and frame a story around what you think when happen next will happen next usually more of the same even if you don't own stocks those kind of things will grab your attention only 2.5% of americans owned stocks on the eve of the great crash of 1929 that sparked the great depression but the majority of americans if not the world watched in amazement as the market collapsed wondering what is signaled about their own fate this was true whether you are you were a lawyer or a farmer or 
a car mechanic. Historian Eric Ronchway writes, This fall in value immediately afflicted only a few Americans, but so closely that the others watched the market and regarded it as an index of their fates that they suddenly stopped much of their economic activity. As the economist Joseph Schumpeter later wrote, people felt that the ground under their feet was giving way. There are two topics that will affect your life, whether you are interested in them or not, money and health. While health issues tend to be individual, money issues are more systematic, uh, systemic. In a connected system where one person's decisions can affect everyone else, it's understandable why financial risks gain a spotlight and capture attention in a way few other topics can. Another is that pessimists often extrapolate present trends without accounting for how markets adapt. In 2008, environ environmentalist Lester Lester Brown wrote by 2030 China would need 98 million barrels of oil a day the world is currently producing 85 million barrels a day and may never produce much more than that there go the world's oil reserves he's right the world would run out of oil in that scenario. But that's not how markets work. There is an iron law in economics, extremely good and extremely bad circumstances rarely rarely stay that way for long because supply and demand adapt in hard-to-predict ways. Consider what happened to oil immediately after Brown's prediction. Oil prices surged in 2008 as growing global demand, much of it from China, crept up to potential output. A barrel of oil sold for dollar twenty in 2001 and dollar one thirty-eight by 2008. The new price meant drilling oil was like pulling gold out of the ground. The incentives for oil producers changed dramatically hard to tap oil supplies that weren't worth the fight at dollar 20 a barrel the cost of drilling didn't offset the price you could sell it for became the bonanza of a lifetime now that you could sell a barrel for dollar 138 that sparked a surge of new fracking and horizontal drilling technologies the earth has had roughly the same amount of oil reserves for all of human history and we've known where the big oil deposits are for some time what changes is the technology we have that let's let us economically pull the stuff out of the ground oil historian daniel yirgin writes 86% of oil reserves in the United States are 
the result not of what is estimated at time of discovery but of the revisions that come when our technology improves that's what happened as fracking took off in 2008 in the united states alone oil production went from roughly 5 million barrels per day in 2008 to 13 million by 2019 World oil production is now over 100 million barrels per day, some 20% above what Brown assumed was the high mark. To a pessimist, extrapolating oil trends in 2008, of course things looked bad. To a realist who understood that necessity is the mother of all invention, it was far less scary. Assuming that something ugly will stay ugly is an easy forecast to make and it's persuasive because it doesn't require image imagining the world changing but problems correct and people adapt threats incentive incentivize solutions in equal magnitude that's a common plot of economic economic history that is too easily forgotten by pessimists who forecast in straight lines a third is that progress happens too slowly to notice but setbacks happen too quickly to ignore there are lots of overnight strategies sorry there are lots of overnight tragedies there are rarely overnight miracles On January 5th, 1889, the Detroit Free Press pushed back against the long-held dream that man could one day fly like a bird. Aeroplanes, the paper wrote, appear impossible. The smallest possible weight of a flying machine with the necessary fuel and engineer could not be less than 300 or 400 pounds but there is a low limit of weight certainly not much beyond 50 pounds beyond which it is impossible for an animal to fly nature has reached this limit and with her utmost effort has failed to pass it so here i end the second part of chapter 17 i'll read the remaining part as this chapter is pretty big or it has many pages so i just thought i should divide it into three parts so that it's easy to listen so friends meet you in the last par- part of the chapter 17 in the next episode till then bye for now and I hope you enjoy listening. Thank you for listening. Hello friends, welcome back to Warshaw's Take. It's simple. Here I'm going to read chapter 17, the last part of the chapter. The seduction of pessimism 6 months later orville wright dropped out of high school to help his brother wilbur tinker in their backyard shed to build a printing press it was the brother's first joint invention it would not 
be their last if you had to make a list of the most important inventions of the 20th century the airplane would be at least top 5 if not number 1 the airplane changed everything it started world wars it ended world wars it connected the world bridging gaps between cities and rural communities oceans and countries but the story of the right brothers quest to build the first plane has a fascinating twist after they conquered flight no one seemed to notice nobody seemed to care in his 1952 book on american history frederick lewis allen wrote several years went went by before the public grasped what the rights were doing people were so convinced that flying was impossible that most of those who saw them flying about dayton ohio in 1905 decided that what they had seen must be some trick without significance somewhat as most people today would regard a demonstration of say telepathy It was not until May 1908, nearly four and a half years after the Wright's first flight, that experienced reporters were sent to observe what they were doing. Experienced editors gave full credence to these reporters' excited dispatches, and the world at last woke up to the fact that human flight had been successfully accomplished. Even after people caught on to the plane's wonder, they underestimated it for years. First, it was seen mainly as a military weapon, then a rich person's toy, then perhaps used to transport a few people. The Washington Post wrote in 1909, there were never be there will never be such a thing as commercial aerial f- freighters. fret will continue to drag its slow weight across the patient earth the first cargo plane took off 5 months later now compare that slow years long awakening to becoming optimistic about the airplane to show how quickly people pay attention to drivers of pessimism like a corporate bankruptcy or a major war or a plane crash some of the first mentions of the rights plane came in 1908 when an army lieutenant lieutenant named thomas selfridge was killed during a demonstration flight growth is driven by compounding which always takes time destruction is driven by single points of failure which can happen in seconds and loss of confidence which can happen in an instant it's easier to create a narrative around pessimism because the story pieces tend to be fresher and more recent optimistic narratives require looking at a long stretch of history and development which people tend to forget and take more effort to piece together consider the progress of medicine looking at the last year looking at the last year will do you 
will do you little good. Any single decade won't be much better. But looking at the last 50 years will show something extraordinary. For example, the age-adjusted death rate per capita from heart disease has declined more than 70% since 1965. According to the National Institute of Health, a 70% decline in heart disease death is enough to save something like half a million American lives per year. Picture the population of Atlanta saved every year. But since that progress happened so slowly, it captures less, less attention than quick. Sudden losses like terrorism, plane crashes or natural disasters. We could have a Hurricane Katrina five times a week, every week. Imagine how much attention that would receive and it would not offset the number of annual lives saved by the decline in heart disease in the last 50 years. The same thing applies to business, where it takes years to realize how important a product or company is, but failures can happen overnight. And in stock market, where a 40% decline that takes place in six months will draw Congress, congressional investigations but a 140% gain that takes place over six years can go virtually unnoticed and in careers where repetitions take a lifetime to build and a single email to destroy a short sting of pessimism prevails while the powerful pull of optimism goes unnoticed unnoticed this underscores an important point made previously in this book. In investing, you must identify the price of success, volatility and loss amid the long backdrop of growth and be willing to pay it. In 2004, the New York Times interviewed Stephen Hawking, the scientist whose incurable motor neuron disease left him paralyzed and unable to talk at age 21. Through his computer, Hawking told the interviewer how excited he was to sell books to lay people. Are you always this cheerful? The Times asked. My expectations were reduced to zero when I was 21. Everything since then has been a bonus, he replied. Expecting things to be great means a best-case scenario that feels flat. Pessimism reduces expectations, narrowing the gap between possible outcomes and outcomes you feel great about. Maybe that's why it's so seductive. Expecting things to be bad is the best way to be pleasantly surprised when they are not, which ironically is something to be optimistic about. Now a short story about stories. So we finished chapter 17 here and uh, I hope you liked, I, you enjoyed listening to this chapter. I'll come back in the next episode uh, with my take. Uh, so till then, bye and thanks for listening. Hello friends, welcome back to Varsha's Take. It's simple. 
so here in this episode i have come with my take on chapter 17 which says that siddak the seduction of pessimism that is optimism sounds like a sales pitch but pessimism sounds like someone trying to help you <laughs> now in this chapter uh, the author has brought to our notice how people want to believe or believe very easily in pessimism uh, so he says that seduction is very luring while uh, sorry pessimism is very luring why luring because you tend to believe in if somebody says that something is going to go wrong you would not think twice uh whether it will it will really go wrong because you tend to think uh in a way that oh yes of course i knew that nothing can be good or nothing can be corrected so you tend to believe in pessimism very fast if something is going wrong if if people say that um the markets are going to fall or a stock is going to not do well or maybe the experiment is not going to work out of a scientist uh, if there is a bad news coming in uh, from the politicians or from the government you tend to believe that very fast but on the other hand if somebody says that something good is going to happen that is a person is optimistic then they tend to feel that he is unrealistic or he uh, is being overconfident he doesn't know what he's saying maybe he's crazy for example the right brothers when they must have thought about a machine which would fly in the air and also take passengers from one end to another nobody really believed them they because this was too positive so then uh, people could not see the possibility of it happening but if somebody has to say that this will not work or there would never be a, a machine which would which could take people from one place to another that the stocks would never come up the market is not going to do well then in that case uh, everyone tends to believe and firmly knows that yes of course this can happen the other reason for pessimism being very seductive is because people like to believe that this will not something will not work and then they feel the happiness if they are prepared for the worst and something good happens then they feel that they are prepared to listen to the better option later than dreaming about the better option or the positive option or the optimistic type of an option and then facing pessimism or facing the negative result of it so people are not ready to uh, not very happy to accept positivity because they feel it's very unrealistic and they would also feel much more sad if it doesn't really work out the way uh, people were saying it, it doesn't come out to be a positive result instead if somebody says that some negative thing is going to happen or a particular thing is going to fail then they tend to believe it because then their expectation becomes zero is what the author is trying to say so the author is saying that uh, if you have to be a, an optimist you have to be realistically optimist optimistic and see that you stay away from pe- pessimism because there are things which can turn uh, in a positive way and you may land up in a 
much better position than what you are you have to have hopes if you are not pot- uh, optimistic you would never have hopes of getting better because pessimism hits and keeps on reiterating even news if when there is a bad news you will see the, all the news channels continuously playing about the bad news but if there is one good news that news would be told once or at the most two three times and that's it so a uh, negative news um spreads very very fast and it keeps on circulating on and off till people really get to know of it and then make uh, make people sure that this has happened but optimistic news or a positive news takes a long while to travel f- to far distances or uh, spread amongst people and also to gain trust or faith in that particular news it takes a longer time and then it's forgotten faster because obviously negative things may happen more times than positive for example in stock market if you're investing or trading in stock market you'll realize that you'll have more losses than you have profits or the amount of losses would be huger as compared to the amount of uh, profits until you get used to the market once you have studied the market well then you will realize that the loss size becomes lesser the frequency of loss also gets lesser and the profit size increases and the frequency of profit also increases but until then a person prefers believing that stock market is a place where you incur more losses or you will be hooked to pessimistic news or pessimistic information or negative in- information about a certain thing and you remain with that negativity or negative kind of uh, thinking for a for quite some time as compared to positive or optimistic way of thinking so friends we should think on this particular aspect of being optimistic we should give it a thought and optimism surely gives rise to change you have hope so you try and do better and the people who believe in optimism also uh dare to think differently get get things done their way and also if that is implemented and if it b- becomes successful then it's a major change for of progress for moving ahead but pessimism doesn't let you move ahead because it grasps you and keeps you at one place so let's think positively let's look forward to how how to grow and look at the negative incidents as lessons in your life in order to step on them and grow so yes friends hope you all change your view of being a pessimist to becoming an optimist or realistically optimist or a possibilist so you should have this uh, thinking that this is possible rather than this is impossible 
So meet you in the next episode with my take in Marathi. So for now, it's a bye from me. Thank you for listening. Namaskar Mitranno. This is Varsha's take and it's simple. या एपिसोड मध्ये मी तुम्हाला धडा नंबर सतरा द सिडक्शन ऑफ पेसमिझम निराशावादाचं प्रलोभन या धड्यामध्ये लेखकाने आपल्याला असं सांगितलेलं आहे की माणसाची वृत्ती अशी असते की निराश निराशावादी काही गोष्टी जर त्यांना कळल्या ना तर त्याच्यावर पटकिनी विश्वास ठेवतो म्हणजे त्याचं एक प्रलोभन असतं त्याचा एक मोह असतो का असतो ते कळत नाही पण असतो लोकांना एखादी वाईट बातमी सांगितली तर ती पुन्हा पुन्हा वाचायला ऐकायला खूप आवडते एखादी वाईट बातमी कळली तर ते टी व्ही लावतील पटकिनी टी समोर बसतील ती बातमी परत कुठल्या चॅनलवर लागते ते बघतील त्याचं नक्की काय झालं ते बघतील पेपर घेतील आणि ती बातमी प्रत्येक पेपरमध्ये वाचायचा प्रयत्न करतील की कुठे काही कळतं आहे का कशामुळे ते घडलं काय घडलं जो उत्सुकता अधिक होऊन जाते जेव्हा निराशावादी गोष्टी कळतात एखादी गोष्ट होणार नाही असं जर सांगितलं की तुम्हाला ना पैसे मिळू नाही शकत किंवा तुम्हाला या कॉलेजमध्ये ॲडमिशन मिळू नाही शकत की त्याच्यावर विश्वास माणूस पटकिनी ठेवेल नाके जर कुणीतरी येऊन सांगितलं की अरे या कॉलेजमध्ये ना तुम्हाला सहज ॲडमिशन मिळेल असं जर कुणी म्हटलं तर आपण त्यांच्यावर विश्वास कमी ठेवतो पण मिळणार नाही असं सांगितल्यावर आपल्याला इतक्या गोष्टी सुचतात की ज्याच्यामुळे आपल्याला खात्री पटते की या कॉलेज कॉलेजात आपल्याला ॲडमिशन मिळणं शक्य नाही कारण आपण पेपरमध्ये वाचलंय असं आठवतं आपल्याला फार पूर्वी एका मैत्रिणींनी सांगितलं होतं हे आठवतं आपल्याला परवा परवाच माझा एक नातेवाईक बोलला असं आठवतं आपल्याला की ह्या कॉलेजमध्ये ॲडमिशन मिळणं खूप अवघड आहे त्याच्यामुळे मला मिळणं शक्य नाही हे आपण पटकिनी विश्वास ठेवतो आणि मोहात पडतो त्याच्या पण जर कुणी एखाद्याने सांगितलं की अरे नाही इथे ना तुला सहज मिळेल तुझं आहे तेवढी बुद्धिमत्ता तुझे मार्क पण तेवढे चांगले आहेत किंवा तुझ्यामध्ये आहे ती कपॅसिटी असं म्हटलं की आपल्याला वाटतं नाही नाही शक्य आहे का काहीही बोलतो काही काय या कॉलेजमध्ये किती अवघड आहे ॲडमिशन मिळणं सो निराशावादी हे फारच प्रलोभन घालणारी अशी एक गोष्ट आहे निराशावाद प्रत्येकाला काहीतरी चांगलं व्हावं असं वाटत असतं मनातून पण त्याची भीती असते की आपण जर असा विचार केला की हे चांगलं होईल तर त्याला म्हणतात आशावादी आशावादी असणं म्हणजे खऱ्यापासनं लांब जाणं रिअलिझमपासनं लांब जाणं असं वाटायला लागतं लोकांना की हा उगाच ह्याला ना फार मोठ्या मोठ्या गोष्टी बोलायची मोठ्या गोष्टी विचार करायची फार सवय हे काही शक्य नसतं असं इतकं सोपं नाही आहे ते पण कोणी सांगितलं की आशावाद असणं हे म्हणजे ती गोष्ट होणं ही सोपीच गोष्ट होते तेव्हा आशावाद असतो असं नाही आहे ना तर आशावाद हा 
एखादी कठीण गोष्ट होण्याकडे पण असू शकतो आणि तो रिअलिस्टिक पण असू शकतो ते पॉसिबिलिस्टिक पण असू शकतं म्हणजे ह्या गोष्टीची आहे आपल्या क्षमता आणि आपण करू शकू याची खात्री असणं ह्याच्याविषयी आपल्याला आत्मविश्वास असणं हे पण प्रचंड गरजेचं आहे पण लेखकाने इथे तेच नमूद केलं की माणसाची वृत्ती तशी नाही माणूस निराशावादाकडे पटकिनी कल घेतो ना की आशावादाकडे तर जसं विमान बनवणारे राईट ब्रदर्स त्यांनी जेव्हा पहिल्यांदा सांगितलं असेल कुणाला की आम्ही विमान म्हणजे एक मशीन बनवणारे जे माणसांना इकडून तिकडे किंवा वस्तू इकडून तिकडे घेऊन जाऊ शकेल कोणीच त्यांच्यावर विश्वास ठेवला नसेल सगळे समजले असतील की ते वेडे वेड लागले त्यांना आणि त्यामुळे ते असं बोलतात तर शक्यच नाही सो आणि हे शंभरापैकी ऐंशी नव्वद लोकांनी हे मान्य केलं असेल एखादा दुसरा व्यक्ती असेल जो विचार करेल की अरे केलं ह्यांनी तर खरं म्हणजे होऊ शकतं बरं का आणि अगदी अर्धा पाऊण पाव माणूस असा असेल ज्याला वाटेल हा हे लोकांना आहे आहेत बरं का त्यांच्या त्यांच्यामध्ये ती क्षमता आहे आणि ते करून दाखवतील होऊ शकतं आपल्याला तर म्हणून असं मानलं जातं जगामध्ये की असं कोणी विचार केला होता का कधी की आपण विमान बघू किंवा एखादं असं मशीन बघू जे उडू शकेल याच्यावर विश्वास ठेवला होता का जर स्टॉक मार्केटमध्ये पण म्हणायचं झालं किंवा पैशाच्या बाबतीत म्हणायचं झालं तर इथे तुझे पैसे बुडतील असं म्हणलं तर आपण त्याच्यावरती खूप बातमी काढतो की आणि त्याच्या जोडीला म्हणजे त्याला जोर देणारी अशी बातमी आपण शोधून काढतो आणि वाचतो हो हो बरोबर आहे इथे पैसे बुडतातच मागे पण असंच झालंय पाच वर्षापूर्वी पण झालंय एक वर्षापूर्वी पण झालंय महिन्यापूर्वीच मला कोणीतरी सांगितलं होतं तर त्याच्यावर आपण विश्वास ठेवतो पण एखाद्याने सांगितलं की इथे पैसे टाक गुंतवक इथे डबल होतील ट्रिपल होतील तर आपण पहिली शंका घेतो त्याच्यावर म्हणजे विश्वास ठेवत नाही तर लेखकाचं असं म्हणणं आहे की तुम्ही वाजवीरित्या जसं निराशावादाकडे तुम्ही अभ्यास करता निराशावादाचा की हे कसं काय शक्य नाही आहे ह्याची कशी खात्री करून घेता तसंच तुम्ही हे कसं शक्य आहे ह्याच्या ह्याचा पण जर अभ्यास केला तर तुम्हाला नक्कीच प्रोग्रेस म्हणजे तुम्ही प्रगतीकडे वाटचाल करू शकाल जे कारण त्याच्यानी आशा वाढते आणि एखादी गोष्ट करायची जिद्द पण वाढते आणि ती पार तडीस नेण्याची पण जिद्द वाढते तर ऑप्टिमिझम हे अतिशय चांगलं असं महत्वाचं शस्त्र आहे आपल्या हातातलं किंवा आपल्या मानसिकतेमध्ये बदल करून आणण्याचं आणि आशावादामुळेच बदल घडू शकतात निराशावादामध्ये कुठलेही बदल पॉझिटिव्ह प्रगतीशील असे घडू शकत नाही असं लेखकाने इथे नमूद केलं आहे तुम्ही जरूर हा धडा वाचा हा धडा ऐका आणि माझा टेक पण ऐका आणि तुम्ही तुमचं मत याविषयी स बनवा आणि त्याप्रमाणे तुमच्या जीवनात त्याचा फायदा करून घ्या तस तशा प्रकारे वाटचाल करा धन्यवाद तुम्ही हा एपिसोड ऐकल्याबद्दल आणि न लवकरच आपण परत एका एक नवीन धडा घेऊन मी परत येईन वर्षा स्टेकमध्ये So until then bye bye and thanks for listening